welcome to today's show. And today is a very special show because it's not often that you find entrepreneurs in the in the drinks industry that come from the same area where you grew up. I grew up in a small village on the border of KwaZulu-Natal. And today's guest grew up in a little village not far away. The only difference is that I grew up speaking German and our guest's first language was Zulu. So, Ziki, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. We have to do a little introduction in Isi Zulu because we don't often have Isi Zulu guests. Umubakai. No wonder. Then you move. Okay. Now, when I heard your voice, and I was like, oh, this guy is Zulu. And this Zulu was a second language. Yeah. Yeah. And and when I got to school, I had to learn Afrikaans. Now, oh, yeah. <laughs> and only when I when I got to high school uh, did I have to learn learn English, and that was quite a quite a struggle. Um, I should. <laughs> at least you had to learn it at school. For me to start at the university to try and being taught in Afrikaans, I was like, I, that, that is cruel. So tell me, how did you end up in Stellenbosch from Matlavatini? Okay, so um, is it a I long is it a long walk or was it a short walk? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is where we can say it was a long one. <laughs> um, I got a scholarship to study winemaking. How did you, how did you get that? Did you apply for it or did I got recruited? Actually, I was recruited okay. at school um uh, through the program that was run by Jablan Changase and Zanko Fushandu, who was the Minister of Education then, okay. uh, of course, So I was one of the students at school who were recruited to actually go to Stellenbosch. But on the recruitment, it wasn't saying so and so cool. It was like, okay, there's application form for whoever on a course in studying Stellenbosch yeah. uh, to study agriculture. And I was like, yeah, it means. And then, um, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, it's going to be in Africa." And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's fine." But I had no clue what I was saying. It's fine too. That's <laughs> one of the things. It's like you go, it's fine, but you actually have no clue why you think it's fine to to what exactly. Yeah. Um, and then after, and then I got the application form sent to say, "Okay, fine, because you're going to be studying there. Apply on the university takes you. Here are the application form to apply for to FAA uh, for a scholarship." And so South African Airways had said on the application, when the university takes you, we'll pay for you. So that was just a requirement. So the university accepted me, and then I, that's how I got the scholarship to study at Stellenbosch. Um, but just to explain that, just explain that, SAAs was paid for. South African Airways, what they do, okay, this is what they do, they were doing then. Yeah. And they, they, they a program they were running where actually what's happening, the wine industry submit wines to be selected. They get tasted and be selected to be on board. On For the, the airline, okay. Yes. So to do that, you enter, uh, to enter one, you pay for each wine that you enter in. So SAA took that money and put it in a 
I don't know if I'm going to call the kitty. <laughs> or what? Uh, other money to obviously try and build a scholarship fund. Okay. Um, so that basically was how um, there was that funding. So I, um, just just to draw some more parallels, I went to university in Pretoria and I lasted one week because people were so different and it was so foreign to me. Then I applied for a transfer to Pietermaritzburg so that I could get home again to my people, English and oh, you Isuzu. you away from home. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So, but you... you you persist. You ended up in Stellenbosch, and you had to study in Afrikaans. Yes. So um, yeah, so I ended up in Stellenbosch then. But you know, when when I arrived in Stellenbosch, it was like one of those. I think looking even at the journey to Stellenbosch, being in the bus, arriving in the area in the Western Cape, looking at the mountains and the small trees that we were driving passing by. Uh, before I knew it was vineyards, it was from the small trees. Oh, small trees. Um, yeah. Yeah, I saw this short trees that we were driving past and <laughs> Um And arriving in Stellenbosch on campus and being in a place where it was so foreign to me. Only uh, Like, there, there is... When you get to a place, there is like a... You see there is a lot of white people, but there are black people. Yeah. Like there was white people and there were white people. And then you look for blacks and you couldn't see any. And the, on, I remember like I'll see, you see one black person there and you run to that person and you find that they are from either West Africa or somewhere. But it didn't matter at that moment. You're like, oh, there's somebody who looks like me. Yeah. You know, and... And interestingly, they understood because they were doing postgraduates, majority of them. Yes. So they were not having the struggle we're having of have to learn in Afrikaans. Okay. Uh, being taught in the language that you don't even understand. So, yeah, it was, it, it was one of those things. And I remember actually on my first day, it was orientation. When you get into the hall, the lecturer speaks, he speaks Afrikaans, cracks jokes, everybody laughs. You've got no idea what they're laughing about. Um, when everybody stands up and then you realize, oh, they're done, and then you stand up. <laughs> so, like, literally, you have absolutely no clue what's going on. Uh, dear. And how long was this course in Afrikaans or in, in your, your degree? The degree is four years. Four years. And how did you pass? How did you manage? Did you manage to learn Afrikaans or did they allow you to learn in English? So what we did, we had to request tutors. Okay. So you'll get into the class. The lecturer will, will lecture in Afrikaans. Um, we've got books that are in English. And what you do, you just basically, because there are words that are in Afrikaans which are basically translated from English. Yeah. So then you could see where they are actually in the book. And then slowly, you're like, okay, you've got an idea, more or less. Yeah. And then you go to the tutor class so that the tutor can explain actually what's going on. And then you get the, get back to the hostel and you sit and study. Um, this is one of the things that, uh, again, I, only, I noticed and we were like, eh, you know, on Wednesdays, 
it would be because we were staying in the girls' hostels, it's a girls' night out. Um, girls would be coming early hours of the morning. When they're coming back early hours of the morning, they're only closing the books because it's been studying right through trying to figure this thing out. Yeah. So, yeah. Social life became non existent. Um, but one of the things also um, I did while I was a student then, because of knowing that I'm studying something, I have no idea what it is, and you know everything is new and foreign, um, was to start working part-time at one of the wineries in Stellenbosch. Okay. So I started working at Delheim Wines as a student, and um, to learn about wine, to learn about the lot I was trying to study. So unlike all the other students, you didn't go to taste the wine, you went to work there? I went to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, the beauty of it, though, was to work there, it meant I had to taste every wine I'm opening. Yeah. Before I can serve it. So, okay. And it meant on a Friday, because we were working like Saturday and Sunday on weekends. So it meant on a Saturday, in winter, because Sundays were closed, on a Saturday, every bottle that is left, that is open, we need to take it. So it meant we have free drinks, but free wine, you know? Yeah. As a student, who wouldn't love to have something for free? Of course. So, yeah. But but tell me about the moment when you realized what you had um, what you had applied for, what course. Did you know that it was for winemaking or was it just for anything? Um, I knew it was agriculture, I knew it okay. was winemaking, but I didn't know what winemaking was. Yes. And I had no because, idea what wine Because was. like me, you're from KwaZulu-Natal, and I also don't know much about wine. Exactly. So, And I remember when I knew that I was going to be studying wine, all I thought I was going to be studying hunters and crossbows. Exactly. <laughs> so, that's that... all I thought I was going to be studying until I was introduced to it. And I was like, oh... So for the right. listeners, just to, just to clear up, if we talk about wine in 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 KwaZulu Natal, we mean ciders, and we mean if you know we've got no idea that that uh, there's something that is made from grapes. And I was doing some training for Topset Spa here in Kwazulu, in in Pine Town the other day with yeah. all the merchandisers and the tellers. So there must have been about twenty or thirty people, and they asked me, "Is all wine made from grapes?" Mm-hmm. And and I gave it some thought because for me it's obvious, but it's not obvious because all the alcohol, most of the alcohol is made in the factory. You know, they just buy distilled alcohol and they add some flavors and there you have it. Um, yeah. So it's not an obvious thing if you're not from, if, if, you, haven't, from the if you haven't been to Stellenbosch, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so that was like one of the, Hence, you like talk about the long walk. It yeah. was definitely a long walk with its own hiccups. I think also one of the things that happened while I was working at Delheim, which was very, which was an eye opener, was this one day the, the 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 general manager said to me, "Oh, there's a winemaker seminar. I'm gonna go with you because you're studying winemaking." And as a student, getting all excited, yeah, I'm going to be meeting winemakers. Until I get to the seminar place, when I get there, I'm seeing it's all men. They're all white. And, and they all got what, moustache, eh? Sorry? They're, they're all old men with moustaches. <laughs> <laughs> with and without. But I mean, still, it's like, 
okay. And then I saw, I'm like, oh, at least there's one lady. And while I'm getting that excitement of saying, at least there's one lady, and she finished registering everybody, she closes her book and she walks out. <laughs> and then my bus, my bubble gets burst. Oh. I'm like, wow. Okay. So I say to the GM, I'm like, I, I think we should go back. I don't think I want to get in here. And he's like, nope, you are going to get in here. If you don't, how is this going to change? Yeah, exactly. But it was so intimidating. It was so scary. It was, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I think the scary part was looking at the university where I'm studying and I get asked all the time by the students, what are you doing in an African university if you don't understand Africans? And yada, yada. sometimes you feel like punching people in their face, but yeah. you can't because, you know. Um, and then to come to this environment and you're thinking, oh, it's the same, you know. <laughs> yeah, so that was an eye-opener to say, okay, well, this is the reality that you, you come into. Yeah, but I learned faster though because I realized that when I got started working I felt so good in hiding things you're not um, good at, you're not good at hiding things no adults are good at hiding things oh, okay yeah because students were asking questions directly what are you doing here you know like it's like it's like you know when people say kids are vicious because they tell it like it is yes so same with students Sometimes they literally just, you know, it's 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 not filtered. It just happens, and you get to adults. Adults will have to think. You'll see with the actions that okay, I'm not accepted here. You'll see yeah. with the you know behavior and all that. Yeah. They might not say it with their mouth, but you'll see. And so um, the fear I had of when I started working, I was like, oh okay, so I didn't get that encounter. But the encounter was coming in the sense that someone will come to the winery and say they're looking for a winemaker. And if that being pointed to me, they'll be like, no, we're looking for a winemaker, not a supervisor. Yeah. And be like, okay. And then I'll, I'll direct them to my boss. And then they'll go to my boss and say, I hear the winemaker. And he goes, nope, there she is behind you. And they had to come back to me. <laughs> and be like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awkward. But uh... that, Very awkward. Yeah. But you, you persisted, and uh, so how long did that whole process take? Um, how long have you been in in, in the winelands? So um, I finished my studies in 2003, and I started working in 2004. Okay, so um, it's been so many, many years. Sorry? It's been many years. It's been many years, yes. So I started working at Stelikaya since 2004. Okay. I resigned in 2015. Uh, to launch my own company in 2016. Your own brand? So, okay. Aslina Wines. So now it's been running since then. And your wines, um, do you make them in South Africa or where do you make them? Yes, I make the wines here. So what I do is I source grapes, I buy grapes. Yes. And also do source some dark wine and blend. Um, I rent a cellar space because obviously I don't have my own cellar. Yeah. And um, I rent storage facilities, and then I keep the wine storage and basically get it ready for sales, whether it's export or selling locally. 
Um, I think when I look back when I was starting the company, because I started the company by first collaborating with an American winemaker, um, because it's what gave me the kickstart financially to be able to start the company. So we collaborated in 2012 with a 2012 vintage and a 2018 vintage, which was done in 2014 and 2015. So when that was done, I managed to get the kickstart to start Aslina. And the name Aslina, the company is named after my late grandmother. Okay. And the reason for that was, I think, majority of us are being taken care of by our grandmothers. Yes. And these are our unsung heroes. And so she played a big role in my life. She was the key person to instill values and, you know, teach me about life and love and everything else. So... There was nothing really that I could um I could have thought of naming my company with all anybody. I know people who say, Pascal don't use your name and I was like, Well, my name doesn't carry that weight. My name that is just a name. While if I name it to my grandmother, she is the hero here. She is yeah. the you And know, she encouraged you to to study and work hard at school, eh? Exactly. She encouraged me to be me. You know, that I didn't have to try and figure things out to say, how should I look like? Yeah. And and, and she was one of those people who could, you know, talk about somebody who turned little things to gold. Everything she touched turned to gold. Yeah. She was amazing. She was just amazing. So I think if if the listeners ever get the chance to visit Matlabatini, I try to I used to go to Ulundi and Nongoma to do sales calls, and it was one of the first places where I ever sold wine. So I'm not a wine salesman; I'm a beer and spirit salesman. But when I got to Nongoma, they said to me, "Hey, we're looking for this thing called Sweet Rose." I said, sweet rose? What is sweet rose? <laughs> I need to discover the mint rosé. Um, and I sell pallets and pallets of four cousins sweet rose in uh, in uh-huh. in your district um, yes, yes. to all all the teachers from Johannesburg were requesting this, is what they told me in the holidays. And, uh-huh. and yeah, for somebody to come from... Uh, such a village um, and make it as a winemaker is, is is a massive achievement. Yeah, I think um, it's one of those. I think when I was studying, one of the things I knew and I was sure of was it was difficult, but there was no turning back. Yes. There was no other option. I didn't say, oh, I've got another option. If it doesn't work out, you know, when you when there is no other option and when you don't give yourself options and to say to yourself, this is it and it has to happen, I don't care how, but it has yes. to happen. It has That's to work. Basically, yeah. Yeah. That is, that is often the best situation to be in, I guess. Not always, but hey, <laughs> you, make, you make it yeah, work. Choice, yes. so, so tell me your wines now, You are they mainly for export? No, we do sell locally. Um, mm. We are selling locally. We just started actually last year to sell locally. It's been just export. And okay. then last year we started actually focusing on the local market so that always we can serve our people too. 
Um, but the reason for starting with the export market, it's one of those when you're starting a company, starting with the lower hanging fruit. Yes. Um, the export market was ready. The export market has tasted something I was making, so it was easy to introduce the wine to them. But how did you build up a network to get uh, internationally? Well, I think media played a big role in that. And two, um, be working at Silica as a winemaker, I was also doing marketing and like promoting the wines, the Silica wines all over the world. Did you have to travel so, for them? Yes, I had to travel for them. Okay, so um, you built up a so network of, of contacts as a winemaker, but because you also yeah. have to go and visit them. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's very interesting. And uh, so available, you said at Ultra Liquors? Ultra Liquors has the wines. Yeah. Um, yeah, currently it's Ultra Liquors who's having it nationally. And then um, in Johannesburg, then there's few wine shops like Newman Goodfellows and the Dry Dog. And then in Cape Town, same with the Ultra Liquors and Newman Goodfellows. Yeah. Yeah. And do you sell to Liquor City in Claremont? Um, only ultra, not okay. Okay. Only ultra. Okay. Yes. Well, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful story, and I really look forward to meeting you when I visit the winelands. Um, we've got some very good friends in Stellenbosch that we visit, and hopefully we can meet up and maybe continue the conversation when we meet in person. Yes, yes, definitely. That is a good. And uh, we'll keep an eye, a lookout for your wine here in KwaZulu Natal. You said it's available at Ultra Liquors in Mayville. So I'll go and have a look and see if I find it. I will post a picture on Facebook for you. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. I look forward to meeting you soon. Cheers. To you. Thanks for meeting. <laughs> okay. Thank you for having me on your show. Okay, thank you. Bye. What a long walk. Unbelievable. I just love the story of Nsiki Biela and studying winemaking when you have no clue what, what, it, what it's all about. And we often feel like that when we're starting a new business. And uh, fortunately today we have more resources at our disposal and we have people that we can surround ourselves with. Thank you for listening and we look forward to joining you joining us on the next podcast.